Hey guys, it's Santos Banning, and you're officially listening to Early Success. This is episode 26. If you are a new listener or if you're a consistent listener or subscriber, you are in the know about what I've been trying to do lately. Uh, I'm in the studio with Not Your Shadow, and I'm going to let him introduce himself real quick. Hey, how's it going today, guys? Sweet. Uh, just before we get into you showing us some demos and music, uh, just tell us your name and a little background about who you are. So my name is uh, David Eisen, and uh, I've been, uh, let's see, I've been DJing since I was 13 years old, and uh, I'm 31 years old right now. Um, let's see, um, I've, uh, I went to uh, school in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, and then I moved to uh, Arizona, and um, uh, I eventually started... Uh, uh, the first electronic music uh, nightclub in uh, northern Arizona, uh, well, in Yavapai County, that is. Um, and um, we were very successful. Um, we had uh, cable television commercials, and um, we uh, made a good amount of money. Um, it was a lot of fun. We were able to bring out artists from all over Arizona, from Tucson, from Phoenix, um, and uh, it was affordable to us because of the success of the uh, establishment. Um, we eventually moved down to, um, I eventually moved down to uh, Phoenix, Arizona after I had um, my daughter. And um, it uh, got more difficult for me, uh, but I uh, kept a lot of the income that I uh that I got from uh, my ventures in Northern Arizona and I was able to invest them and uh, I was able to uh, ended up buying a house down here in Phoenix and um, able to uh, create a studio space for myself and uh, able to uh, reinvent myself as uh, my current uh, musical group which is Not Your Shadow and uh, we've been producing music for about two and a half three years now and uh, we had our first show last month and um, you know we decided that we wanted to start off with a bang and so we uh, ended up headlining at a full moon music festival in Phoenix Arizona and um, we have a lot more to come it's uh, very exciting I'm, I'm very excited awesome so when it comes to music like when I was younger I like I, I went through some shit like I lived in a group home I was homeless at one point and I, I got taken away from my mom at a young age and one of the things that I liked to do uh, was write music but it was just always something it was my form of escapism so for you you said it was fun but when, when it comes to actually producing music like I've kind of dabbled in it and I've tried to make beats and it's really fucking hard like I don't think people understand how hard it, like writing the music is a little bit easier for me but making beats and trying to create content is a whole nother beast how did you like teach yourself how did it how did it go through the process of you learning to actually make music so um, basically, I, I relied heavily on my uh, on my friends mm -hmm. to um, to basically uh, work with me and help me. Right. Um, and uh, I'm actually in school right now um, at a school called uh, Icon uh, Collective uh, out of Los Angeles, and uh, um, people like Jaws went there. Oh. Um, <clears throat> and um, it's um it, it's actually uh it's actually more affordable than you think it is i i i um i was able to uh to get in there and um i'm uh 
learning Ableton right now uh, just because I used to use Logic, um, but since everybody uh, in the game uses Ableton, or most people anyway, mm -hmm. um, to collaborate and to grow and to expand, um, I want to use Ableton, and right. so I'm learning how to use Ableton currently. Um, whereas I started off with Logic and uh, just basically my friends showing me things and watching hundreds of hours of YouTube videos. That's, YouTube is full of tutorials. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I was going to add a question lined up, but I totally forgot. Um, oh, you had, on Instagram you have about 40,000 followers. When did you make your Instagram and how did you uh, get so many followers? Like, So it was a combination of making these very ridiculous viral videos. Uh-huh. Um, and then basically um, advertising them, putting money into them on Instagram. Smart. Um, and um, also on Facebook, um, putting money in, into them on Instagram, Facebook, and some, some on Twitter as well. Um, and um, it was that, and then our Bad and Bougie bootleg, basically we... We made a bootleg of uh, Bad and Bougie, uh, the single, when it was, uh, by Migos, when it was um, really hot. Right. And uh, we did that on purpose, and we kind of added our own sound to it um, to uh, get people interested in us. And basically, we ended up tagging uh, Migos. That's um, smart. <laughs> yeah, and um, and and the other people who were who were responsible for that uh -huh. record um, in our uh, single, right? And we were able to um, cultivate an audience that was interested in uh, bad and bougie, but also um, interested in how we had reworked it. Right. It, it was a pretty dope song. I listened to it. It's on my SoundCloud playlist. Um, as far as advertisements, do you pay for like Snapchat advertisements or Facebook or Instagram? We do. Um, we put a lot of money into it. No, um, it's smart because what I, I did a previous podcast about it, and I, I call it underpriced attention because for Snapchat, I think the minimum is like fifty dollars a day, mm -hmm. and then Instagram, mm -hmm. I think it's like closer to two bucks, and same with uh, Facebook, which really is cheap when you think about it. Because back in the day for advertisement. We had to pay for uh, print, like magazines, billboards, which is expensive as fuck. Uh, commercials, it's they're expensive as fuck. I think underpriced attention is because so many people are using social media platforms that if you spend two bucks a day, that's that's not shit. It's, it's, so it's a really smart thing to do. Um, I think on the way here, I was actually thinking of ways of like maybe you that you could be even more successful. I think because um, you followed me like I, I, don't, I was actually curious why did you end up following me like how did you figure out who I was oh uh, I followed you because you followed me oh okay yeah okay I, you had so many followers I just didn't <laughs> assume like oh, I was like oh this guy has 40,000 followers like out of all of them why me um, I didn't know if like you heard about my podcast or anything um, I, I actually did, did okay. look at your Instagram and uh -huh. I, I did look around and I, yeah. I thought what you were doing was really cool yeah mm -hmm. I, I haven't promoted it as much because I was mm -hmm. hoping to get a little bit more people on it and create mm -hmm. more content because the way I talk is how I talk in my everyday life so I, I didn't want people just to hear what I say every day I wanted to get uh, interviewers uh, and I, I have some things in the works um, but um, oh, damn I was on such a roll so, yeah, 40,000 followers. Oh, one thing that I was thinking, like, do you DM people that are, like, like other bands or fans, like, like with, your, uh, with your headlines coming up or, like, things that you're involved in, like, events? Do you just, like, DM people, be like, hey, we have this event? 
coming up, you're into EDM, uh, we would love for you to uh, come check it out. So, so something that but I um, think that's just it would be super smart, even if they don't come, mm-hmm. the like the attention that you're you're bringing to yourself. Because let's say me, a person, I only have 500 followers on Instagram. You DMing mm-hmm. me, and I, I look at your profile. I'm like, dude, this guy has 40,000 followers, and he's DMing me. I can't make it, but I think that's fucking awesome. I'm gonna follow him. So, like, I think like the the, the like you'd get good karma out of it because people would be super engaged with your profile and kind of feel inclined to follow you. So do you do anything like that? Uh, so something that uh, I find very helpful is um, collecting email addresses because most people will check their email um, because of uh, things related to their work mm-hmm. or uh, related to bills that they have to pay I'm on a regular basis. I, I like, clean mine know, out like every hour. Exactly, you know, their APS bill or their phone bill. Mm-hmm. Um, or um, or just other reasons that they check their email. And so basically, most people check their email like most people check their mailbox. Right. And um, so getting their right email address, not their, you know, third knockoff email <laughs> address that they, you know, subscribe to whatever blog with, yeah, but, but their, their actual email <laughs> yeah. address that they check is uh, very important because then you're able to uh, reach people on a regular basis because even if they don't check their Instagram messages every day or their Facebook messages every day or maybe they're on Twitter once every two months um, they definitely generally check their right email address basically every day and so um, it's really important to get their right email address and then save that and then put that into um, and then just you know forward them uh, different events different things we're working on and um, and so that's how I, I try to correspond with as many people as um, as I have their email addresses that's a pretty smart move mm-hmm. it's like uh, so when you get the news uh, their email do you send out is it like newsletters or like are they personal written emails um, it's a combination mm-hmm. um, and um, people eat that shit up they mm-hmm. love it awesome so, as of right now, you ha- you've been uh, headlining in Phoenix. What is, like, your end goal? Where do you want to be? Because when I look at people that are successful in, in, in industries that are similar to yours, I, I think of Marshmallow. Like, I think he's, like, one of the most mainstream artists out there. Sorry. And he he performs in, like, Sweden and in Switzerland, and his crowds are fucking huge. Like, do you ever think you want to, like, do overseas or anything like that? Yes. Um, so, uh, in... Uh March of uh, 2019, we're going to be performing an official uh, Miami Music Week event oh, yeah. um, at Winter Music Conference, and that should be uh, that should be great. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, um, how many people attend that? <clears throat> yeah, it's um, just a one day event or multiple days. Well, um, we're looking at a couple different venues, mm-hmm. um, which I can't really say which venue yet, just because right. we haven't pinpointed it, but. Um, um, it, it would be a, it would be a one day event and, uh, you know, we're hoping for at least a, a couple thousand people, if not more, That'd be uh, awesome. um, you know, um, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, um, uh, event that we performed at in Phoenix had, uh, about a thousand people at it. And so, um, definitely, uh, a little bit more than that would be great if not more. Yeah. That's awesome exposure. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> we'll also be on the official uh, Miami Music Week website um, for their events uh, when we do it. And um, so uh, kind of the end game goal would be to perform at uh, festivals like Ultra and EDC. 
Um, and um, I would really like to uh, to do that eventually, but I know that not everybody can do that, and uh, not everyone is able to get that far. So, kind of the end game result for me would be to reach as many people as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, make them feel something with my music, um, and uh, that is the uh, kind of the end game result for me. Awesome. So there's this video that went viral. Is this girl? She just did this little, like the like EDM shuffle. Mm-hmm. And I thought if I was in your situation, one thing that I would have done is maybe like DM'd her and would have been like, "Hey, uh, I, I like your content. I like uh, that. Is he like that? You like EDM and." Uh, our kind of music um i would love for you to like post a video of you dancing to our music if you can the chances of her even replying are probably very slim she has like fifty thousand followers and i'm sure her dm she's a pretty girl i'm sure her dms get blown up but like just interacting with other people that are like like like-minded in your industry i think would be smart that's right yeah and and that is something that we definitely do Mm -hmm. um a lot of uh the um uh, a, a lot of my uh, direct messages have been on Facebook um, oh, really? uh, at, until recently um, when I uh, went home to Washington, D.C., where I grew up, mm-hmm. and um, one of my cousins informed me that Facebook is for old people. <laughs> and um, that's, what, that's what everyone says. You know, but then I was thinking about it. I'm 22, and all my other friends, they all have it for their family, like people that are my age. But... We just all recently graduated college. We're all working full time, but throughout the day, I work about nine or ten hours a day, and I go on Facebook about like five to ten times. And if you think about it, five or ten times throughout a day is kind of a lot. So even if it is for old people, like um, people are bound to go on eventually or so, like at some time at the day. So even if it's for older people, I think the younger generation still uses it. Not as much as Snapchat or Instagram, but I think uh, like advertisements still on Facebook would still be effective. But you've been focusing on other areas? That's right. That's right. Um, something that uh, I've definitely been getting into a lot recently is Snapchat. Um, Snapchat is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, and something that I hate about Snapchat is that uh, Snapchat, uh, you know, deletes your post uh, right after, you know, somebody sees it. And to me, growing up Yeah, with, but you uh, go back. Because there's some... There's, like, when I'm watching someone's stories, mm-hmm. like, uh, sometimes it before it transitions to another story, mm-hmm. it uh, pulls up an ad, but I'm not, I'm so used to, like, just clicking through that sometimes I'll click, accidentally click through an ad that I actually found interesting, but I, it's like, it's, I'm shit out of luck because I lost it. Yep. I clicked through it. So if you could get it back, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And uh, that would be, that would be really cool, but mm-hmm. um, I understand the appeal of Snapchat, and I understand that everyone's on Snapchat, right. so that's something we've been really working aggressively on um, for um, our ad content and also um, just uh, adding people on Snapchat, um, adding a fan base, adding a follower base, and uh, following other people. So For these uh, festivals that you perform at, I don't know how it works, but you know how sometimes events like the Oscars and the Grammys, they have, like, like they'll have, like, a subscription uh, in the newsletters, and, like, it'll have, like, celebrities talking, and it'll have, like, a filter of, of it'll say, like, 2018 Oscars. Like, I wonder if, like, uh, if these festivals did that, like, it, like, it could have you talking, like, oh, yeah, we're in Phoenix at fucking whatever festival, 2018. Mm-hmm. I think that would, like, people would be interested in looking at that because people are always looking on articles on Snapchat. That would be really, really cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, there's actually a shout-out to uh, More Bass. 
Uh, More Base is a uh, social media website that is up and coming mm -hmm. and is uh, currently being built. And um, it is basically uh, a combination of Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat um, for EDM fans. That's what we fucking need. Not even just for EDM. We just we need a social media platform like that. Mm -hmm. But for EDM, that's fucking fantastic. That's smart. Just thinking ahead of the game. Yep. Awesome. And so uh, that's that's currently being built right now and uh, should be up and running in the next couple months. So uh, uh, check out More Base. More yeah, Base. Uh, do they have an Instagram page? Is that it's just More Base? Uh, yeah, I believe it's, um, yeah, if uh, you check out more base, um, yep, they have, uh, they have all their social media and, um, they're up and coming with their website that is going to be a combination of all the current social media, um, uh, you know, venues for, um, electronic music fans. Awesome. Sweet. So you said you were wanting to show us some music. Let's, uh, jump into that. Definitely. This could take a minute. <laughs> no worries. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I got the monitor at uh, you know, like Walmart or something, you know, just, um, you know. In general, how much did it cost you to put together this room? Because like right now I just, I'm an apartment living, but I mm -hmm. want to get like uh, next year once I train, because I work full time at Grand Canyon University. Awesome. And then right now I, I make about 46K, mm -hmm. but when I transition to another department, mm -hmm. I'll make about 50 and I can <clears throat> IA four or five classes and that'll push me to about 80 so I want, I'm looking into like maybe getting a house and like uh, like having an area like this would be six fuck no definitely um, so this uh, let's see this room it's about 10 and we got um, let's see about five and then got like the padding which is like mm -hmm. three um, I'd say I spent about $20,000 on this room um, over a span of how long um over the span of um, two and a half, three years. Um, but I saved up that money yeah. over a span of about seven years. Awesome. Before that. <laughs> That's a great, awesome hair. Thank you. Oh, you said you had a daughter. How old is your daughter? Uh, she's five. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, so I, I have her. Um, my uh, daughter, my daughter's mother and I are, are not together anymore, mm -hmm. but um, uh, I am married, and uh, her stepmother and I live together, obviously. Awesome. And, um yeah, you, you have awesome home here. I love it. Uh, thank you. And um, <clears throat> we uh, we have her every uh, we have her for seven days, and then our mother has her for seven days. So we have joint custody, and mm -hmm. I have her fifty percent of the time. And That's I want to awesome. be a full time dad. I want to be. I don't want to be a weekend dad. I want to be you know as involved as I possibly. Yeah, that's can. awesome. I, I think that's awesome. You're doing a lot mm -hmm. with your music, full time dad. Mm -hmm. Awesome, fellas, take notes. <laughs> All right. All right, so this is uh, this is one of our new tracks. This is a um, this is a pop track that uh, kind of chain smoker style, and uh, this will be this is a collaboration track with Natalie Dime, and um, this will be coming out very soon, um, hopefully on a larger label. <laughs>
Awesome, I love it. I think if you can get a label on that, that would be super fucking successful. Because I'm thinking about all the mainstream music right now and the music that's really popular right now, and I, I, that shit would be epic as fuck. Um, how, how long does it normally take you to put together a song? So, um, I'll give you an example of, uh, let's see. Um, honestly, it, it takes takes a few months. Um, oh, really? Wow. Yeah, just because... Um, uh, basically, I work with my partner, and uh, uh-huh. now we work remotely, where we're sending music back and forth via uh, Dropbox, because um, he lives in a different part of the country now. Right. Um, and, um, and then, uh, basically, we have an idea, we work on that idea for a few weeks, um, we work on that idea for a few more weeks, mm-hmm. and then what we do is we have to mix it down, um, which generally takes a couple weeks to do. And is a huge pain in the ass. Um, and then we send it to a third party to get mastered. Right. Um, then the mastering guy sends it back to us, and we have to approve the mastering. And uh, after we do that, um, we have this song, and then we have to figure out what to do with the song. Right. <laughs> so I've only uh, like I basically Instagram stalked you. I've only looked at like some of your recent stuff, mm-hmm. and it's usually about like uh, upcoming events or past events. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you ever post like a, like a parts of like your your beats online? Like we we, we have yeah, cause I think it's smart. Like uh, mm-hmm. one of the, like one person that I'm actually obsessed with at the moment is, is Russ, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, like the way he markets his music and he engages his audience, like he kind of keeps them on edge, and I think it's awesome. Like like yeah, I think it was two days ago he just dropped a new song, the flute song, and it's his first song for his second album that's coming out. But he like led up to it. He was like, oh, I'm going to drop a song at midnight. I dropped the song. Here's the song. And then he posted on a story. He was like, yeah, check out the song. Swipe up. And then and then, then he posts himself like jamming out to his own music. Yep. Uh, I was just curious if you guys did anything like that. Cause I, I think it's smart because it, like I don't know why, but like as, as a follower, it kind of shows people like, oh, that, like, th- it makes them feel a part of it almost. That's right. And that is something that uh, we definitely do. Um, we haven't been doing that a lot recently just because uh, we've been um, marketing our, our, we've been uh, sending a lot of our stuff to labels recently mm-hmm. and um, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't spoil too much of it. Right. But um, uh, that preview of the song that I just gave you is definitely a uh, VIP experience preview for uh, for our upcoming single since I really haven't shown that song to anybody else um, other than labels and mm-hmm. my partner. So. It's a good song. I, I I would be disappointed if a song a label didn't pick it up. There's so many labels. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, no, I'm. Success. I I I'm 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 sure we're gonna get on a label. The the goal is though to get it on the right label. Right. Um. Just That's, because there are so many labels. Uh huh. Um, so do you, so do you do research on like who you like want or like who's the who? That's exactly right. right. We do research and we figure out you know. Uh, what label um, would best suit and also uh, what label uh, has the most uh, followers that mm-hmm. we want and um, you know who would be who are ba- basically our best marketing engine mm-hmm. for this, the track because that's the point of getting mm-hmm. it on a label yeah I only know like the mainstream ones like mm-hmm. Def Jam Columbia Records mm-hmm. Sony yeah um, what's CAA I think it's what it's called they do like uh like they do like actors speakers and music they do a lot mm-hmm. 
So this is uh, this is an a uh, example of a track. I just wanted to kind of show you like how many tracks we have in a song. Oh wow! And so this is an example of a of a track of uh, of of tracks in a song, and we have a lot of different stuff going on here. This is all one track. Yeah, this this Damn. is this is all one song, and so I wish you guys can see this. It's t it's totally different from what I'm used to because like the, like what I dabble in like I because mm. the Mac shit comes with uh, GarageBand, so I used mm. it and like. It's just like one line, and then I add like beats here and there. But this is, this is totally different. Damn. Yeah, and so this is a Logic platform right uh -huh. here, which um, you have to pay for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's um, Logic. I think is about three hundred bucks, um, which is actually pretty inexpensive compared to Ableton, which is mm -hmm. about a thousand dollars. Jeez. Um, but if you take it seriously, you know. Yeah, exactly. It's worth it. Um, but the thing with Logic is you have to have an Apple computer, which mm -hmm. is expensive in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> to um. But, um, yeah, no, this is, um, so I mean, I'd say, I'm not sure exactly how many tracks we have, but we have a lot of tracks here. Yeah. And, um, basically each of these tracks is different sound design that we've done and, um, you know, takes a few hours to, uh, create, um, mostly each one. Um, and, uh, so if we're looking here, like this is at least 20 tracks, if not more. Yeah. Um, Jeez, that's crazy. And, um, I have no idea so much <clears throat> went into it. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a track we're working on. It's not complete yet, uh -huh. um, but this is uh, something that we've been working on, and uh, it uh, sounds decent for what it is so far. It's actually a remix of a uh, of a third party's group um, that um, uh, they they have a track that they haven't released yet, and uh, we've uh, we've taken that track and put our own spin on it, and um, uh, basically. Uh, altered a lot of things and uh the only thing that is left from the original track are the vocals so but it's smart that you do that because like a couple people that's how they got discovered like i don't know do you remember t-pain mm -hmm. do you know how he got discovered by akon i think he did akon had a song um i think i'm locked up mm -hmm. and i think t-pain if the story's mm -hmm. correct uh t-pain made a remix and he, his remix was I'm Fucked Up, mm -hmm. and Akon liked it so much, and he signed him to it on label. <clears throat> no, so that's like, amazing. So that what you're doing <clears throat> is fucking smart. Yeah. Uh, this is actually um, a, a, a friend's uh, track. Mm -hmm. um, this is uh, not someone um, definitely um, who's uh, as big as Akon, but mm -hmm. this is someone who's kind of on the same level as us, um, uh, definitely a little bit more successful at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but, but the um, fact that you're collaborating and working together and it, you have that connection, it's, exactly it's right. still... It's still something. Yeah, exactly. And um, we're really, really happy to be working with these talented artists. Mm -hmm. And uh, so there's a little clip of uh, kind of what I can show you with this. So basically, this was a, an entire line of uh, vocal, and we just chopped it up into very, very small bits. Uh-huh. And uh, to use it for our track, our remix. I bet that's hard work. Yeah. Because, um, like, Marshmallow, one of his songs, uh, I think it's Show You. I think it's crazy, like, how he like, makes the beats, like, you know the words, like, of the song, but he makes the beats sound like the words. That's right. I think, I think it's just hard work. Yeah, because the vocals in this uh, song were several sentences, and we chopped them up to just say, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Are you familiar with Octave at all? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm uh, working with one of their, their, I think their former workers. I think he helped jumpstart it or 
but he's the creative director for Eyes, the clothing apparel. Okay. I, I can't remember his name, um, but he's a super cool dude. I, I, I'm hoping to get him on the podcast pretty soon, but he, like, Octave seems like, uh, like a pretty good organization, too. Like, oh, they're definitely. Up, up and coming. I think it's just cool, like, how all these like-minded people are just interacting with one another. Oh, like, one, one of the things I talk about is, like, it's going to be crazy where we are going to be in, like, 5, 10, 15 years, because, like, uh, like, Mark Zuckerberg, I think, like, some of the people he, like, he interacted with when he was younger grew up to be successful, too. It's, like, the people that you hang out with tend to, like, be successful because they're like-minded. That's even, right. Even, like, in the, like uh, ba- I use a lot of sports references. In the basketball world, you have, like, AAU, which mm-hmm. is, like, uh, like more of, like, an elite, like, little kid uh, mm-hmm. league. But, like, some of these people, they, they played with each other when they're, like, 12 to 15, and then they grew up, and now they're in the NBA together. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just crazy how, like, when you surround yourself with people that are similar and, and work as hard as you, just all be successful at one point. That's right. No, definitely. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, that's something that, uh, you know, I, I do my best to, you know, I definitely have, like, my best friends mm-hmm. and my friends that I've had for years and years, but I also try to, and, and not, not in a fake way, but in a, in, in a way of, um, you know, building uh, relationships with acquaintances or, you know, um, how I would do in, like, a work. Uh, oh, yes. It, it's, yeah. it's like when you, when you talk to your best friend, you're, mm-hmm. you're not going to talk to them the same way you talk to your grandma. That's exactly like I right. Like, I have different social groups. Like, I have mm-hmm. groups that I, uh, who like to smoke and, uh, like, the hike. Mm-hmm. Then I have other friends who are solely sports dudes. Uh, that's right. I have other friends who like to go out and drink. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... Who, depending on the friend, you know, it's not, exactly it's not fake right. at all. Um, like some of my friends, I just talk about school and work and that's it. Mm-hmm. My other friends, I, I talk to them about, like we talk about stocks, we talk about blockchains, augmented reality, virtual reality, artificial intelligence. Like we, we just talk about different things, you mm-hmm. know? So I don't think it's fake. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I, and, and I think it's really good to, uh, to do that and to explore, uh, different avenues and. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. With social media and the internet, there are so many different ways to succeed. That's why I started this podcast, mm-hmm. but I'm also investing in the side. Like, I'm investing uh, when Mark Zuckerberg was on trial, their stock fell. Mm-hmm. It fell like when I looked, it was like 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. I started investing into the stock and it's already raised like 40. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm investing in all these, on the, these different things. Like, GoPro is like seven bucks, but with all the drones and artificial intelligence, I think it's going to be even more than that. Snapchat just dropped like 68 cents. I started investing into that. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to raise even further because they're going to have more interactive features with like augmented reality. I think they're going to kind of more, because like when you think about Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. I think that kind of set the stage what like the future is going to be like that all these companies are investing into augmented reality yeah. and artificial intelligence because that's I, I think it's not going to span out for like another 20 years but if you're investing into in, in and now i think in 20 years you'll be rich basically yeah and and that's something that i, I definitely um I, I that i definitely wonder about uh Personally, I use I use a third party um, a broker who invests for me, mm-hmm. and um, this particular person um, recommends that I don't invest in anything technology based. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does uh, he have any specific reasons why, or she? Um, yeah, just because of uh, the fact that it, it, it's it's so up and down. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've read articles. Uh, it, it, I think it's 
I don't know, remember what investor it is, but he was saying when everyone's being greedy, so when everyone is investing in specific stocks, that's when you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. When everyone is selling their stocks, that's when you should invest in it because that's when people are getting rid of it. So, and, and chances are, when everyone's not being greedy and you're being greedy, you're going to end up on top at the end. That's right. <clears throat> and yeah, um, yeah and, and, and that's, some, that's definitely something I wonder about, and I mm-hmm. wonder if I'm making a mistake by not doing that. Um, but, um, you know, right now, um, basically, I'm not investing in, uh, in in any of the social media platforms just because I've been advised not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm uh, more investing in things, uh, more more concrete things and physically concrete things like uh, like bank buildings okay. and uh, and hotels and uh, chains. Uh, there's a <clears throat> I've been looking into that just because next year with me being an IA and mm-hmm. working full time uh, in a different job, I'll be pushing 80K. Mm-hmm. So at 22, that's pretty good money. No, that's so, great. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna need some tax breaks. So yeah. I've been looking into, there's this uh, uh, platform Fundrise, mm-hmm. and you can like invest like a minimum of like $500 in real estate with like, you can like uh, invest into like a renovation or an upcom- up and coming project. So, so it's something that I consider. And that is amazing. Yeah. Um, just because, I, I don't know, like my experience with uh, concrete buildings and things that have been around for a very, very, very long time, like, you know, more than 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. um, is that they're generally going to stay here for more than 20 or 30 yeah. years. Um, generally. Yeah. And, and unless, it's, unless you're talking about retail. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Which is uh, which is a very sad situation right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Amazon's really killing it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of competition in. That's right. There's a lot of disruption in the industry. That's right. Um, um, something that um, now I know I noticed that you were talking about um, uh, 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 now um, something that I just wanted to ask you, um, mm-hmm. which doesn't necessarily have to go on the podcast, but um, something that I wanted to ask you was. Um, um, is there a time limit for us today? Or? No, there's not. Right. Um, I, it's just depending on your time. Oh, uh, for sure. Do I was like, going to do like for a couple of more minutes, wrap it up. Okay. Um, and then that's it. Okay, cool. Do you want a beer? Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love beer. Do you, do you have a time limit on this? No. Because yeah, it would probably be like, like I'll talk on the podcast for a couple more minutes, couple more minutes, finish the beer and then head out. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I wanted to touch on, uh, though with you, um, uh, some things that, um, kind of, uh, you know, plagued me when I was younger. Um, just because I know that you were talking about, uh, which one? Here, let me grab you a thing real quick. I'll be right back. No worries. Got a kilt lifter and a Red Bull. If I die, you know why? So far, uh, the podcast is doing pretty well. I like the time that we're doing. Uh, normally, it's a little bit informal, but the way I, I, I do that because it just has a more conversational feel to it. Um, if he, 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 we, before we uh, hopped on the podcast, uh, I was asking if his partner would be here, and they're, they're an, an anonymous individual. individual. So when we go further in the future with this podcast, it'll only be Dave, uh, just because we want to respect the anonymity. Anon, anonymosity. I don't know how to say the word of anonymous. his partner. Is that the word? Uh, animosity. Or, anonymous. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we just want to respect it, that word of his uh, buddy. Yeah. So what? What are your uh, couple questions? Oh yeah. So I just wanted Thank to. Um, yeah. I just wanted to. Um, kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, you were mentioning that you were in a group home situation and yeah. that, you know, you had it kind of tough growing up. Yeah. Um, I personally have struggled with mental illness my whole life and that's, um, it's a real struggle. 
Yeah, and that's um, something that uh, I ended up uh, <laughs> I ended up going to uh, military school when I was 15 in Utah for two years. Oh, in Utah. Yeah, 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 and it was uh, it was not fun at all, and um, I um, I ended up. Um, uh, in, in Utah, in the state of Utah, they have 99% custody of your kid. So basically, they can hang up the telephone for you. Um, you have no rights, and um, uh, you can't communicate with your parents wow. when you're out there. And Is so, there like a minimum time length of how, how long you're in there, like six months maybe? Uh, basically, it was a place that I believe is a uh, scamming uh, company oh. that um, basically keeps your children for however long they feel like they can drain money from the family. Uh, um, um, and uh, there, there was uh, it's still in business. It's uh, I'd write reviews. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'll even uh, put out like a Google article just stating that fact so people know. Yep, yeah, that's right. There was uh, there was sexual abuse. There was um, physical abuse. There was um, um, all kinds of gross things going on. And uh, in in uh, 2007, this company I read on the internet. I didn't know because I wasn't there anymore. Thank God. But um. <laughs> I got shut down um, because um, uh, a kid died there, um, but oh, then it fun. reopened a month later. So um, yeah, so so that's that's always pleasant. That's uh, Draper, Utah for you. Oh. Um, uh, but um, after after that happened, I went to uh, college in Florida, mm -hmm. and um, I um, college. Uh, I, well, I went to Broward College, actually the same college uh, Marilyn Manson went to. That's <laughs> unique. Yep, yeah. and um, I ended up um, I ended up uh, dropping out of there um, because of um, uh, issues with uh, uh, drugs, alcohol, and uh, relationships gone bad. Yeah, and um, uh, I ended up uh, moving to. Um, uh, after that, I ended up moving to uh, Arizona, mm -hmm. and I ended up um, taking a job at a grocery store and working my way up. Um, and um, my father was very uh, concerned uh, with me making a stable living, and he really believes and still believes that you should not do what you love, but you should do what makes you the most money humanly possible. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah, and um, so um, it was something that... Um, was kind of ingrained in me, um, but I realized that I was very unhappy with mm -hmm. working in management in a grocery store, right. and um, I ended up um, quitting, and uh, um, at that same time, we were building up our, uh, our nightclub in Yavapai County, and uh, I was able to just do that. What's during... the name of the... Uh club is it still in existence it actually went out of business about three years ago mm -hmm. um I, I have friends that live in mm -hmm. prescott so we're in yeah, yep. near yavapai all the time yep so it was it was in the back room of hooligan's pub it was called swagger and uh it was in existence for about five years i think i heard of it mm -hmm. i feel like my friends have gone there that's right and um and so we started it and um it was something that was very successful um from the get-go um just because no one else was doing it and we were also the only uh, club in existence that had real DJs DJing at it nice. as opposed to an iPod in Yavapai <laughs> County um, just because they're a little behind the times in that mm -hmm. in, the, in that scenario yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> was there a reason why you brought this up were there questions like that pertain to me living in a group home oh yeah so I wanted to I just wanted to um, you know kind of ask you about your history and your background okay uh, so I was born in Yuma, Arizona uh, in 1995. I'm 22 now. My mom, uh, I lived with my, my biological mother until I was 10 years old. 
and she was a druggie and a prostitute. And CPS got involved because she got uh, she got caught by the police one day, and they took us away. And I think we were living in California at the time, I if I remember correctly. And I got taken away. And then I lived with um, the second oldest. I'm the oldest of seven siblings. And in my second, my sister, the oldest, my second oldest sister, uh, her her family lived in California. So I lived with them for a bit. And I was an angry child. I was a dick to this family. Like I stole their kids' Game Boy. Even though I lived with them, like, there wasn't really anywhere I could hide it. But I would steal shit from all, them all the time. And like I would just disrespect all their stuff. So they didn't want me anymore. So I ended up going to an Arizona group home because. I, because I was born in Arizona, the state of Arizona was supposed to be my legal guardian, and I was a ward of the state. So I grew up in a group home here, and then I, um, when I first came here, I said I lived in the East Valley. I lived in Mesa. I was adopted by a family at one point, and they were kind of dicks. Um, I, I was a dick child. The fam- the parents ended up getting a divorce, and I they kind of took it out on me. I ran away at 14 and a half, and when you're 14 and a half living in Mesa, you are... Uh, the police have to hold you in their juvenile holding center and then your guardian or some like third party has to come pick you up and I refused and at this time I had an anger management counselor and she kind of knew my situation and she just felt like the parents were unfit so she got CPS involved uh, the judge uh, decided that the parents were unable to parent me and I went back to a group home and when I was back in a group home I, I kind of was a little outrageous um, I started high school and and my idea of high school, so the group I lived in was actually, I was the youngest. I was 14. Everyone was 17, 18, and 19. Oh so everyone, at this point, everyone, I was a virgin. I never smoked. Everyone else like had baby mamas, was mm-hmm. selling drugs, mm-hmm. uh, was in and out of juvie. Like, they had, like, some, like, rough shit. And I felt, like, soft compared to them. Because, like, when you, in the group home, there's a lot of kind of, since there's so many boys, it, there's a lot of testosterone going on. And they, like, they, like, compete with each other about who had, like, the baddest bitches, who... Uh, basically had the biggest dick without comparing, you know? So they would just, like, always try to one-up each other, and I always felt left out because I was 14, and I had, like, none of those experiences. Um, so once I entered high school, uh, they were already established in high school, so they were, like, top dogs in high school. So I was kind of, like, slowly becoming a top dog because of who I knew. Um, and then I felt... because. Um, because I was 14 and entering high school, I was like, I need to be popular. I need to be cool. I hate, I hated the fact that I lived in the group home. So I was like, what could I do to, to like, let people know I don't live in a group home, that I'm just a regular kid and that I'm cool as shit. So I, I started doing sports. I started doing student government. Uh, and as a boy in high school, like the thing that I thought, like everyone did that all boys did is like, they like always try to fuck with every girl. They try to do every drug. They, they're like fuck boys. And I was like, I need to be a fuck boy because that's what's popular. That's what's cool. So I, I did that for a bit and then I just, I felt lame. So I stopped, but then the, I started hanging around this other group and they were kind of like pretty thug and they, by talking to me, I'm not, I'm not hood at all. But I started getting into stupid things when I was like 15. I started getting into tattoos. I started getting into drugs. I started doing shrooms, acid, and coke. And I just realized that I was just putting on this persona that wasn't really me. Despite all this that happened, I was always focused on academics. I've always been a really good student. So that's just, uh, I transferred schools. I started going to Raymond S. Kellis in Glendale. And I just decided to reinvent myself. And I just started being nice because I just felt that being nice would take me so much further in life. I The way I thought about it is like when I realized when I opened up to people and I realized I was nice to them, that they wanted to be my friends. They thought I was cool. They were like, oh, like this guy's overcome a lot and he's just so social about it. Uh, I, I want to be his friend. And it, it's kind of, it just kind of 
that was always my personality underlying, but I just never really presented myself that way because it wasn't cool at the time. Now that I've, now that I've gotten older, I'm like, uh, it just doesn't matter. Like, I'm, I am who I am. Yeah. Um, and that, that's kind of my story. Well, that's amazing. That's yeah. a very, very inspiring story. And then that, I mean, that inspires me to do better in my mm-hmm. daily life. And, uh, you know, also um, just, you know, count my blessings and, mm-hmm. you know, be grateful for what I, for what I have and what I had and what I, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, that's amazing. The Thank way you. I look at it, look at it is my, my situation was bad, but it wasn't the worst. Mm-hmm. Like I still had food. I still, I, I look at being taken away from my biological family. Like I've talked to them in the last couple of years and like I'm 22. So my, my, my second sister, she's like. I think she's like two years younger than I am. Uh, she just graduated high school and she already has a baby, but she's like not really doing anything with her life. And the way I talk to, when I talk to my family, it's like, um, the, like the way I am compared to them, like I don't speak Spanish at all. They mm-hmm. all speak Spanish. And the way they text is like kind of ghetto and just like super not me. Mm-hmm. So when I talk to them, I just feel so different from them. And I just feel like, uh, being taken away away from them is a blessing because I, I I view the world so differently. I'm like we said earlier about like the internet and social media. I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these different opportunities to succeed, That's and uh, I'm trying to embrace them. I'm trying to do as much as possible mm-hmm. because I'm 22. Like let's let's say I live for like another 60, 70 years. Mm-hmm. I feel that I could do so much in that time. That's right. But when I talk to other kids like my family or other kids in the group home, they're so focused on the self. They're like, oh, why did this happen to me? The police hate me. Fuck the police. Uh, fuck being in a group home. Uh, or like they run away or they're in and out of juvie or they go to jail or they're 15 and have two baby mamas and selling drugs and getting neck and face tattoos. And I just felt that it was so stupid. Right. And I, even though I thought it was cool at one point, I outgrew it and I'm just looking at the, I became extremely self-aware and I was like, you know what? I just, I need to do something to succeed. Because I, I don't know what's going to happen after this. I don't know if there's an actual God. I don't know what happens to us once we die. I don't know what happens to our consciousness. I just don't know what happens. But I'm looking at the world right now mm-hmm. and, what, and what the universe is giving us. And there's just so much to succeed. It's, it's ridiculous how much opportunity there is. So I'm just trying to, trying to take everything on. Like my goal, like I don't know how much... Like one of my most ambitious goals, I don't know how real, realistic it is, but I'm like, I'm going to try to fucking do it. I don't want to be like a millionaire. I don't want to be a billionaire. I want to be a trillionaire because I want to be able to donate uh, money to NASA. That way they can ha- be able to afford to colonize, colonize Mars. Because right now they don't have enough money because most of our money is going to uh, um, the troops, which I support. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also need to focus on the environment and, and, and space and exploration. Funny. So I don't, who who knows? I probably will never be a trillionaire, but why not try? I I think you can totally be a trillionaire. I don't think that's a you know big gap at all. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah. much. Um, before we end, mm-hmm. there's one question that I always like to mm-hmm. ask uh, interviewers is what you're currently obsessed with. So for me, lately I've been extremely nostalgic when it comes to music. So on the way here, I was actually listening to Meredith Brooks. Bitch. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, like, I've just been so nostalgic when it comes to music. I've been listening to, like, Oasis and Pussycat Dolls just because I'm like, oh, I miss... Like, music's dope now. Don't get me wrong. Like, uh, like, uh, like I, I've been getting into EDM lately. I Even, like, like the like the fluffy EDM, like, Marshmallow, I've been getting into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khalid, I like Khalid and Russ. And a lot of people don't like 6 9 but he just gets me so fucking hyped. Yeah. Um, so, like, but, like, I always like to, like, reflect and, like, be nostalgic when it comes to music. Um, like I listen to like a old, a lot of old pop funk music. Mm-hmm. So 
for you, what are you currently obsessed with? So, um, I, uh, I've actually been, uh, listening a lot to, uh, music that I listened to when I was 10, 11 years old. It's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and, um, actually getting inspired and getting ideas for, uh, writing music, um, from listening to that music and, uh, going back to it. Um, something that I've been really, really obsessed with recently is, uh, all the, uh, older Atlantis Morissette music. Oh my gosh. And uh, that, that's something that uh, I was really into when I was about 10 years old. I know I'm dating myself, but um, <laughs> um, I had it on cassette tape. And um, that's something that, um, you know, I, and then I got the CD when, uh, you know, a couple years later when CDs mm-hmm. became, uh, became a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, I really like the, um, how she's so clear and, uh, uh, honest about the dysfunction in her life in mm-hmm. her music and um i feel like uh it really um it, it's uh really inspiring for people who are going through things mm-hmm. um themselves and um also just how incredibly uh passionate and um uh well done her music is so. awesome i'm actually I'm glad you said that because when it, because when you look at music that we grew up to chances are other people love that shit too. So I think it's ingenious that you're doing it because other people are going to be, like they're going to become nostalgic when it comes to it and they're going to be more inclined to listen to your music. Um, and, it, and it reminded me of, because uh, you were talking about her messages and they're just so genuine and they get you really thinking. That's why I really fuck with Russ because a lot of people in the industry, like because he talks shit about other rappers, he talks a lot of shit about other producers. So like on the, like the music side, a lot of people don't fuck with him, but his fans, his fans absolutely fucking love him. Yep. So you just gotta, you gotta be genuine, man. That's right. Um, awesome. I love it. I look forward to future work with you and your future music. I Definitely. appreciate you and vice versa. Being, being on the podcast. This is Santos Banning, and this is Dave from Not Your Shadow, and that's going to conclude our podcast. Thank you for listening.